Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Mom Village. I'm Gis Marie Ramos, and this is part one of Fostering and Adoption. I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, y'all. And I have Kristen Scroggins here with us. Good morning, ladies. And we have a special guest that we're so excited she's with us. So I'll let Kristen introduce her. Yes, moms this morning who are listening, Jimmy says often when he's preaching, one of his greatest joys is to introduce people that he loves to people that he loves. And so I get to do that this morning because I have with me one of my favorite people of all time, and her name is Lynette Ezel. And Lynette, say hey to our moms. Oh, it's so great to be here. And don't start don't, you'll get me crying. Don't, <laughs> you heard my voice cracking. She knows you so well. <laughs> so Lynette was my lady, so that you know, was my pastor's wife for, gosh, 15 years. And yeah. she met me whenever I had one little baby and I was a total train wreck. I think we pulled up to y'all's house in like a $1,500 car <laughs> and that barely made it. And uh, she just loved on me and encouraged me and brought me out of my shell and was annoyed by me and just kept loving me anyway. <laughs> and uh, she was literally there for all of my baby's births, except for James. She actually accidentally walked in on me while I was pushing Anna Kate out. Do you remember that? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy so we needed a Diet Coke. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we're tight and we have seen each other in all kinds of circumstances. But but Lynette is truly a, like a big sister to me and a mentor. And she just she's just real. And for those of you who don't know, which most of you do, but Lynette is uh, married to Kevin Ezel, who is the president of the North American Mission Board. And they have been in ministry for how many years, Lynette? Well, we've been in ministry this year. We will, let's see, in the spring, we will celebrate 35 years in ministry. Wow. 35 years and 25 of those were, were in as pastorate, right? As yeah, a, exactly yeah, be, right. Between yeah. youth yeah. ministry. And so they, they, her husband has a heart of a pastor, which makes him so great at what he does. And she has a, such a, a heart of, in ministry and loves on pastors' wives and just women in general. But Lynette, we love your family. And so tell us a little bit about your children. And you've got some other little cuties, uh, your grandkids. I want to hear about that. Well, we just, uh, you know, I love you guys. And just, I'm so grateful how ministry merges lives together. Isn't that sweet of the Lord? Mm -hmm. And you had said that uh, there were times you annoyed me. You walked with me through all these uh, adoptions, and that was not an easy call because I would have to pull back. But, you know, our story did begin from loss, uh, miscarriages. We were, Kevin was working on his master's. We had such a heart and a desire to be parents, and it just wasn't happening. We'd get attached, and then I'd miscarry. And, you know, a lot of your listeners can relate with that mm -hmm. because 
it's a loss that you, you don't really have a beginning and an end. You know, it's hard to wrap your arms around it, and it, it can be a struggle. But I knew in my heart God was going to give us children, and I just didn't know how. But through that loss, he taught Kevin and I, and we were just young. We were so young, you know, but he taught Kevin and I to just get on your knees and pray with your hands open and let me feel your life. Mm-hmm. And so that's how adoption began, how it, you know, began for us, but it didn't happen quickly. We, the Lord gave us three children. After that, we, we moved back to the South and Kevin started pastoring after he completed his degree. We had left a small little church we loved in Fort Worth, Texas, and, and then moved uh, back to the South. And, you know, it was there that we just learned to love people and trust the Lord with our today and tomorrow. And he just began to fill our home with children, maybe a little sooner than I had planned on. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can relate to that, right? And mamas, I hear you, you know, nursing a baby and trying to read scripture and pray and, you know, and then they're, you know, they're there in your arms and it's about four in the morning. But man, Mm. the Lord just taught me, I meet you where you are Mm. and I meet you in your mothering. And that's spoke volumes to my heart and at the same time it kind of helped me say okay lord i'm just going to trust you with this whole mama thing like Mm -hmm. i'm going to trust you in this however you want to build our family and then he just began to open our heart to to adoption he really did so you had three biological children already and then which by the way her third born taylor it, he and james were like bosom bosom buddies they still love oh each other <laughs> but when that half half helped raise james he was over there all the time and those boys oh my word but anyway <laughs> how old was taylor when you really because god god really started setting your heart on fire for adoption i know he had planted that in your mind but about a little over 20 years ago you already had your three children. So how did God do that? What happened? Because your children were still pretty young. Yeah, they were. How did that happen to where you were like, okay, I've got these three, but I'm not finished. I feel like God is calling me to do mothering in a little different way. Yeah. So before we started having our children, we had seen a small uh, a small church pastor and his family that had a large family, very very limited income, but we saw them model this, and they brought a child, a little girl home from, from Korea, and so they pastored a different denomination than us in this small town in Tennessee, right outside of Nashville, and I just adored them. They were simple and loved Jesus, and, and so they modeled that before me, and we had applied to adopt through one of the first agencies that began all this international adoption thing, but I was too young. And so I just filed that away. And then when we, uh, we had the three, you guys had come and joined us on staff and we were asked to do a family placement. I knew nothing about that. We brought in an eight year old little girl or eight or nine. And we do immediately, we were, God was not calling us to, to adopt this child. And the neat thing is the Lord was so in it. You know, we were open. Our tent was open to what the Lord wanted to do. I was shell. This happened so quickly. Like my mom called me and was like, Hey, a distant, distant relative. You don't know. They need help. This, this child's been left at a convenience store. Mm-hmm. This child needs some stability. Will you start praying? And you know, we did. Kevin went before the staff. We brought this child in our home. And so she would have been the oldest and my other three would then have just changed birth order completely. But we brought her in our home. The Lord was just like, I'm using you as a middle family. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin went to the staff and said, hey, guys, we just need prayer and our staff that have you. We have a child that needs a home. And sitting in that meeting at that moment, 
one of our support staff raised her hand and said, Pastor, my sister's praying for a nine-year-old little girl specifically to complete her family. Wow. And they took her in the next week. I mean, oh. it was such a beautiful picture. And I knew right there, okay, Lord, I don't get it. There's so much more you're doing, but I'm in. Like, we're yeah. in. And so our older girls began to start praying about adoption. We were learning more about the huge need at that time in China. I had seen the documentary Dying Rooms, and I've walked in those girls. I've held those babies under the radar when no one was watching me. I snuck in those rooms, and it just changed my life. And so our girls began to pray and say, Mom, look at all we have. Well, y'all, we just had a. We just had it. We had a four bedroom home with three baths. It's not like we were, you know, but it was plenty of house, but we didn't have a spare bedroom. That's what I'm saying. You know, right. these, we had three kids extra sometimes and Kevin and I. So, but when we took that step of faith and just stepped forward, I mean, the Lord just began to just open the floodgates and uh, Libby came home. After 9-11, that was kind of a, a shaky time as well. But when she came home, we, we knew we weren't finished, but we also knew that it was much bigger. I remember one day the Lord just saying to me, this is, I was just seeking him and, and we kept getting no, no, no. Every agency we go to or every, every, you know, door we try to walk through until we finally found the right fit for our family. But I remember just so clearly Lord impressed it upon my heart. This isn't about you. I'm not just building your family. I am building a ministry here. Mm -hmm. And he did. He really did. It wasn't about us in any sense. But when Liv came home, it just, I think the Lord just used her to speak to so many hearts. And if you know her, goodness, she's one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the Lord really used her to do a, to do a big work in a lot of people's lives, uh, not just ours. Yeah. So, oh man, I wish, I wish they could all know her. She is delightful. She's my mm -hmm. Isaac's age. And mm -hmm. Isaac actually asked Kevin, if he could marry Libby when he was about four, and Isaac still hasn't gotten an answer from him. He just ignored him completely. But uh, she's just so tenderhearted and sweet and smart as a whip. She was about a year when you brought her yes, home. Is that right? She was a year old. Yeah. So how did the rest of your crew adjust to this sweet new little baby girl from China? Yeah, she just you know the Lord took our scared yes. And because we were afraid, you know, sometimes gals, you, you agree, sometimes you just got to do it scared. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you've got fear in your heart. You just got to trust them. And the Lord took that. He did more with it than we could, we ever thought possible. And bringing Libby home was such a sweet time for us. It wasn't easy to add a fourth. It wasn't easy to pay for it. It wasn't easy for me to be away from the family for two weeks. It wasn't easy because she had health issues. She had hearing issues, required three surgeries. And, you know, of course, I had the demands, too, of a large family. I was homeschooling some of the kids. And our church was really growing. Mm -hmm. And so Jimmy and Kevin were doing all this planning about campuses. And we'd already launched East Campus. But... You know, having the kids at home some and and the way we did life and we were we decided to all help launch that new campus together. It made for a very strong attachment for our family to Libby and her to us. And so and the Lord truly crafted even Taylor, my son's heart, he was eight years old, his heart to really to really take her in as well. You know, that was 
Well, he was five years old. Yeah, he was five, five and a half, six when she came home. And he just fell in love with her immediately, just put her right on his hip. So (laughs) and I encourage people to think about when you think about adoption or foster care or bringing a child into your home that you didn't birth, but you're giving your family for a child. If you'll think about it that way, it's not we want to get a child for our family. That's so that's that's really backwards to what the word of God teaches. So when you embrace this mindset or you train your children to think that way, it truly helps with the adjustments and just settling into that, you know, that new normal, Kristen, you were asking me about when Libby came home. So whenever God asks you to step into a little one's life. I believe he's calling us to be faithful, right? When he asks us to do something. And so if they have night tears, which they will, if they have food issues, which they will, if they have attachment issues or whatever, you know, that you can't sit in a crib every day, all day for a year with no one to touch you and not have things you got to work on. You know, just like I have things that need to be worked on. (laughs) But when we realize that as a family, we realize the Lord chose our family to love this one little one, if that makes sense. He matches that. And that's to help bring them to healing. And so we see that throughout scripture that he's a fatherless to the father. He's a father to the fatherless. And the heart of God is, is to provide protection and care for the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and he reminds us of Psalm 68, six, you know, we just would say this over and over. It's the heart of God. It's his desire to set the lonely, to set the fatherless in families, not just Mm -hmm. group homes, not just in foster care, you know, but in families. And so when you realize that, you know, the kids and I would talk about that in Kevin and we pray that together, we realize that, okay, this is the family God chose for her to be in. And so he's going to equip us no matter how hard it gets or, you know, we had, it was really not that hard with her. It was just, you know, a few things you had to work out and it's still walking us alongside each other every day. And, and she's now my adult, young adult sister in Christ, you know, Lynette, and you said that the church was growing while you were going through all this. So tell me what happened like in church as a result of your faithfulness to follow the Lord's calling to adopt, like what happened and also in your own family, you want to share with our listeners? Oh, yeah. You know, that's a great point. We just begin to see the Lord build foster care and adoption in the DNA of our people at every campus, at every age group. I mean, we had senior adults jumping in to help. We saw young couples wanting to do respite. We always share that the Lord called us to do it because when people looked at looked at us because we we kept adopting and adding to our family you know we added two more after Libby mm-hmm. they would look at us I truly believe this y'all and they'd say well if the Ezels can do it anyone can do it <laughs> <laughs> but you know adoption and, and foster care at our church kind of ceased being a special thing and it became a normal mm, thing wow. and you know I think because leadership modeled it not just us, but more leadership jumped in, Sunday school teachers, uh, small group leaders, staff. It provided safe on-ramps for others to step into it. They well, and it, and it seems like based on what you share that that's how you guys started too because you were saying you guys met this, you know, yes. this family, you know, they didn't have that much, but they were doing it and they were so happy and you loved them and you got inspired from them. And it seems like it was like a, like a ripple effect. You guys were doing the same, to, to call to do the same and not knowing that it was going to be a blessing in your church too. 
Well, yeah, we had no idea. We had no idea what the Lord was doing. And geez, Marie, that's such a great point because in a short time, I'm at home taking care of kids. Like it's just, you know, at one point I'm in a mud hut in Africa, you know, getting, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it, it was just a wild ride. And you got to remember, I'm just a small town girl who grew up on the Mississippi River. And so this <laughs> is just, it's blowing our minds. But I remember one time looking around our church at all of our campuses, and we had over 120 adopted children in our children's ministry. Wow. You all, only Jesus. Only Jesus wow. can do that. And I love that you're sharing that because we have so many moms in our own church. And actually, in part two, we're going to talk to one of those moms that because of the oh, church. Great. Yeah, her name is Crystal Gutierrez. And because of the church involvement and what you're talking about, their family and infertility, their family got inspired and just to call to ministry to do um, fostering. And from that came adoption. That's how they have their son. But I love that you're sharing that because and that's one of the reasons we're asking because we want to tell our audience like how how powerful just tell us a little bit more how powerful church can be for yes. that for this journey because a lot of people think that you know they're called to this journey but they want to do it by themselves and they don't realize no. that there's a church that can actually be there for you and a right. family that's right that's right no you, you don't want to do this on an island that's for sure <laughs> and you know you were asking about our family how the ripple effect of yeah. that the lord was so kind because first of all let me back up my girls were raised my older girls are now 28 and 30, but they were raised in the Jimmy Scroggins gospel boot camp. <laughs> Don't tattle on us, Lynette. Don't yes, tattle. T- tell us more. Tell us more. Uh, Very detailed, please. It was about the gospel. Like, you all, I, I just, I love to think at how I trusted my girls to him. I mean, so we started them on the mission field in sixth grade. That's right. But they had incredible oh, mentors. Like, yeah. you take them up in Canada, and they didn't even have a shower. I mean, these little sixth graders, you know, and they have to go across the street in the snow to shower at a homeless shelter. <laughs> hey, you remember that time he took them to Philadelphia, and the place they were staying was infested? with ladybugs yes. <laughs> oh, so you know that was so good for them our <laughs> kids learned that the gospel moves us from comfort to hard things and mm-hmm. my girls my kids never uh, you know they never forgot that lesson and they carried it through life and so they weren't afraid to embrace hard things they were raised in that envir- environment to just say yes lord mm-hmm. oh lord i don't know what you're about to ask me but the answer is yes mm-hmm. and so what we were doing at home in a simple way, was really being magnified at our church. So once the girls got to college and they realized, man, my family's pretty unconventional. They got kind of out of our church bubble, you know. <laughs> everyone in, you know, people in Louisville, even people who weren't at our church or government leaders or other denominations, they knew about our family. We would get with them. Like, but when my girls left that environment, they realize we're kind of odd. <laughs> we're, we're multi, we're multiracial. We're, we're from all over the world. And so we're just a little different. And so mm-hmm. even before marriage, my girls had conversations with their future husbands. Like, look, this is who we are. And mm-hmm. I have a passion mm-hmm. for this and I need a spouse. I need a mate that, that is not afraid. So if you feel pray about that before I say yes to your proposal, I mean, they did. They just brought that passion for adoption and for the fatherless into their new marriages. And, you know, both girls have adopted and worked in foster care. Wow. And so it's it's just been amazing. I love that life skills of them. That's pretty awesome. So Lynette, do you think there's anything specific that maybe you and Kevin did that actually helps facilitate that desire in your girl's heart to foster and adopt? 
you know, I, I, I think that we had a yes, Lord mentality. Mm. You know, we just in really in prayer time with them at night. Um, I always tell moms never miss praying with your children at bedtime because most of mine accepted the Lord in those quiet moments. Yes. And we heard the Lord speak and still do, you know, in those times because their, their hearts are tender during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was during that time that Anna looked at me and, and said, Mom, look at all that we have. I mean, she's just in middle school. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look at all that we have. And and, uh, and Shelly had so much care to give. She's such a teacher and nurturer, you know, and, and the Lord just brought their gifts in and they encouraged us on this walk. Like, we can do this mom we can raise the money we can because we didn't have that kind of money we didn't have really that kind of time Kevin's traveling with with that you know with the faith ministry and building our church and so I think the girls just like I said it was just in the DNA of the of the whole uh, culture of our church family it wasn't just us you know mm-hmm. but we did we were a family of prayer still are and we Kevin would call prayer meetings around an old ottoman that we had <laughs> so you know the kids knew that we didn't have all the answers, but we were willing to say yes to and him. Then you keep yeah. saying like the yes, Lord, you know, mentality. And I, I just I just want want you to tell our audience like how because they probably think that, oh, that sounds so positive. It's so pretty. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. That's actually not an easy way of thinking. <laughs> like, how can you encourage, you know, our mamas, you know, like, hey, listen, when I'm saying yes, Lord mentality, this is what's really is going to happen when you, you know, when you say yes, Lord. Yeah. And, you know, we, we see him do this all through scripture and we were just naive enough to trust him at his word. Really? Mm-hmm. We didn't say yes to open our lives to children in need because we had it all together. Jesus Marie, mm-hmm. we did it. So saying yes, doesn't mean, Oh, I've got it all together. Exactly. So now Lord, we can say yes. That's never going to happen with these elves. Like we, we're still in a sanctification process, but we were like, we, we just really uh, trust him at, at, at every turn. They're not easy. Yeses. Yeah. When, when you leave comfortable, and go to uncomfortable, that means it's not comfortable anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just yeah. left comfort. But we believe that the Lord could see it to fruition, that he began it. If he was beginning it, he would reign in the middle and he would see it to the end when he takes us home. And so we just continued to pray with the kids and sought wise counsel and purposely put the kids with people that we knew the Lord was using, that they were trusting him as well. And what he began, like I said, he would see to completion. I just didn't want my kids to draw a breath and draw a paycheck in life. Mm. And so I was trying to open their window of the world. They thought family vacation was working in an orphanage overseas or going to Guatemala and doing, (sighs) you know, handing out rice and beans and sharing that the Lord loves you. Just simple things. They thought that saving your money meant you're going on the Philippines trip with Pastor Jimmy. You know, they are going, uh, we sent one on a trip to Peru all by herself, you know, and and with she was beaten up with a team. We just tried to do things that were really scary for me as a mom. Yeah. And I just had to do it afraid. But again, the answer was going to be yes, because, yeah. you know, they're his before they're ours yeah. and he, they're just on loan. And so I just really tried to hold that loosely and like, Lord, I don't want to hold them back from what you want to do in their lives. I, re- I don't want to hold them back in any way. So I don't want my fear or my yeah. no to trump what the Lord's trying to do in their life. Well, wow. you know, one of the things you did that you've said over and over, but I just want our listeners to hear it again, is that one of the biggest gifts you gave your girls and your and your guys is the gift of them watching 
their mom and dad be obedient before the Lord before you had any answers of what it was going to look like. So they saw him show up in your home over and over again. And so then when when they have the opportunity, they know he's going to come through Mm -hmm. because they, they saw it happen. That's such a gift to give your kids. And I love that you keep saying that that you didn't let fear take over because that's one of the biggest struggles moms we have. I personally have, you know, that we sometimes let fear, you know, control our decisions. And that's just it's just keeping us steady without moving forward, you know, without knowing that maybe if we overcome that fear, you know, what what's in the other side might not be easy in the process, but it might be even greater and more a, a bigger blessing that we expected. So Lynette, I am sure that there are listeners out there, like I'm sitting here, I'm like, we need to adopt, you know, (laughs) that are being stirred. So what are some practical first steps that you would encourage these families to take? I mean, we know, of course, prayer um, and just really seeking the Lord because it isn't for every family. But what are some of the things that you would say, okay, this is what you might need to do next, or this is what you might need to think about next? Well, you cannot dig too deep or educate yourself enough in this process. It's fluid. It's always changing because Mm -hmm. of governments and COVID. And I was up till midnight last night with a young family trying to help them figure this out because everything they thought they were going to do has been on hold. And they're still looking at an empty nursery. You know, that's hard. Mm -hmm. And so I always encourage couples to take one step fill out an application, go meet a foster family, get to know an adoptive family, ask them questions, have them in your home, educate yourself. But at the same time, Kira, as you just said, know your capacity. Maybe not everyone's called to adopt or foster, but everyone's called to do something. And so really saturate this with prayers of family. I could have not moved forward of ever said yes, had we not been in prayer because the Lord will guide it. He'll honor it. And always keep in mind, always, if you families that are listening, you moms who are just your heart stirring on this, always keep in mind that adoption occurs and children are placed in foster care because there's been brokenness and deep loss. So when the Lord's calling you to step into this, to take this first step, realize you're being called to step into brokenness, Mm. but you're also called to be faithful and he doesn't give us all the tools we need at the front. If I had known all this, I'd been running, you know, know, but he he gives you the strength for the moment and you just know that this is so temporary. One day all this ends and the only thing I take with me are these beautiful people the Lord's put in my life. Mm. And so I don't want to miss that, but I always encourage moms to pray for their husbands to get on board, you know, Mm -hmm. keep praying that as a couple. It has to be a family decision. This is family ministry and to take, just take one step. And when you take that one step, it really helps crumble the fear a little bit. Oh, that's so good. Well, you just mentioned a little bit of our next question, you know, what would you say to moms who want to help in some way, because you just said it like not everyone is called to do this, but you know, there's, and you probably are, you know about this because you, you have a great family church that is around you, but believers that want to come alongside this ministry and even if they're not actively looking, but they want to help, you know, any adopt parent or fostering. Yeah. So there's so many things we can do. Again, we'll say again, we're not all called to do the same thing. And I agree with you, but we are all called to be involved. 
Yeah. And we see that all through Scripture. You know, Paul wrote to Titus. He said to teach sound doctrine, be ready for every good. Now, this was a very impoverished church. They were poor. They'd lost almost everything. And Paul told him, he said, continue in good work. And he ends the letter. And I use the scripture all the time and on every card I give out or whatever. Titus 3.14, let our people devote themselves to good works. Be prepared to meet urgent needs so you're not unfruitful. Mm-hmm. So let's couple that with we don't feel called to adopt or to do foster care. Okay, you are called to pray. <laughs> and you, we are called to know the condition of the fatherless and the foster children in our own county. So just, you know, contextualize it. Look at your county. Look what's going on in your own neighborhood. Pray and give. Adoptions are so expensive. Help a family raise their funds. Buy the T-shirt. I I always try to buy the T-shirt or help (laughs) in some way because... I just feel like, you know, it doesn't sound like it's a lot, but it really helps spur on that family. Foster care is also like a limited stipend. You usually get a little money at the end of the month, but you got to come up with that money ahead of time. And so, and most of the time the check is laid or there's something with it. It's it's tied to government, so we know how that works. But share with a family who has taken in that emergency placement. You know, send pizza to them. I am really good friends with the Papa John's guy here in Georgia. <laughs> so send them pizza. They're going to say, oh, we're fine. We're, we're good. You know, like someone mentioned earlier, they'll try to isolate themselves. Just bypass that and send them a yep. know, gift card or show up, leave something at their door and then encourage them. Kristen, you talked about in the self-care podcast, writing notes, uh, send them encouraging notes, yep. pick up an extra package of diapers. We have senior adults who just have diapers delivered to doors. They love doing that and get creative with how you can encourage them because what you're doing is you're helping them stay in the game. And half of the foster families quit after the very first placement because they're just like, this is too hard. Mm -hmm. I can't fight a system. I can't provide for them. You know, they're just weary. Mm -hmm. And we really want to keep their arms lifted and prop up underneath them so they can stay in the game. So check in on them. Like, how are you doing? And be specific. Like, how are you doing with getting all the the medical appointments in? Or or how are you doing with meal planning? Or those are loads we can lift, right? And and just listen to them. You know, we see that we we see that all through scripture. Just sit and listen. We're not don't try to fix it. We don't have advice. We're not walking in their shoes. Mm-hmm. This is such a hard call, but our presence and our encouragement speaks volumes. Just be there. Yeah, Lynette, the Lord called Jimmy and I and our whole Scroggins family to uh, foster a group of three and just be their middle family. And we had no training. We were what was considered a non-family placement. And we're thinking, we don't need training because, you know, we are we're parents for quite a long time. We know how to do this. And boy, were we, I hate to say this word, but totally dumb because we did not know what we were getting into. But one of the things that sustained us so much through that 10-month process and and now they're placed with a a great situation and we still get to be involved in their lives and such a blessing. But one of the things that knocked us off our pins was just the sheer volume of paperwork and meetings and phone calls and not to mention actually uh, loving these children who had been traumatized. But one of the things that the Lord used was our church family. They they brought meals. Uh, we had yes. one of the guys in our church who owns a Chick-fil-A just called Daniel, uh, one of our sons, and said, hey, every every Thursday we're bringing food. 
to your house. And that seems so small and so easy. But when you are fostering and you are calling people and taking them to therapy and doing all this stuff, it's huge. And it's not even about the meal. I could have gone through Chick-fil-A drive-thru and picked that up myself. It was that somebody was thinking of us mm-hmm. right? and cared. You're- and probably in your heart, Kristen, your mind, I mean, because your, your home exploded when the three littles came in, but yeah. you're probably thinking, I, that meal's coming Thursday, I can make it. We got uh, a meal coming Thursday. That, that's exactly what this mom was thinking. She don't have to cook tonight. And so, so then you're like, you know, and, and it's so funny because so many times our, our sweet foster son would have a, a little meltdown that day, and it was like, God... God just provided this this way for me to have extra time to help him and love him because Chick-fil-A was coming. But one of the the things God did for our family during that process was provide you. And so you would you would call and check on me and send me links to some podcasts and and one of my favorite podcast links was uh, was actually yours, and it's the uh, adopting and fostering home. And man, th- those resources because because we had not had any training, it was all I had, and it was such a gift and such a blessing. And then you sent books to me, and I just devoured all of that. But talk to our listeners about your podcast. I so want them to have this resource. And ladies, even if you are just dabbling your toe in this area, go listen to some of these, backlog some of the episodes because there's just some rich information in there. But Lynette, tell us about that. Yeah, you know, a sweet friend of mine, Tara, moved to Georgia. And so the Lord was already stirring in my heart, make, you know, get the word out, be, build community like you guys are doing for for moms. So build community among the foster and adoption care ministry, among the foster care and adoption ministry. And because Kevin's, his platform, it gave me, you know, a little bit of a platform to get the word out. And so, man, I just kind of kept putting it off and putting it off. And then when my friend moved here, I'm like, okay, what do you think about us making a DVD series? And, but that just kind of sounded expensive and time consuming and trying to mail those two. I don't, I just couldn't see it. And then we, I thought podcast, Kevin's like, keep it simple, 20 minutes of encouragement, you know? And so we uh, almost four years ago started doing that. And because she was willing to help me, it really made me brave and encouraged me uh, to do that. And she now works with with another ministry. The Lord used that podcast to really grow us in knowledge and opening our kind of a sphere of being able to help others, you know, that we couldn't have done. But I try to keep the podcast just like okay keep it tangible here's how you meet needs if you can't do it or and then educational I always say the best uh, way to do a really good podcast is bring in much smarter people than yourself and just turn on the mic and let them go. And so it works for me. <laughs> and so that's what I do. I just bring in, I, you know, just brought in Shaq Cardi this past week and he grew up in foster care and now he's a minister of the gospel leading teenagers to the saving knowledge of the wow. Lord Jesus and just his story and what he went through and the brokenness and how God saved him. You know, I can make it another day, another month when I hear those stories. And so that's what we're trying to do at the Adopting and Fostering Home. I am hosting it solo now and uh, still bring back my sweet friend and others, but I always just try to bring in really smart people and they just take off with it. And I just want to be an encouragement to those who maybe feel isolated. We don't want our adoptive and foster families to be at the back of the line. We don't want them to, to get alone. 
and drop out. And we want to let them know God will give you the tools. And here are the best and latest tools out there. Because scripture teaches us to keep, you know, to, to keep educating ourselves and to stay in the game. And so we just want to do that at, and with the Adopting and Fostering Home podcast. It's just been a joy. And I love doing it. Well, it's so great. Such a great resource. Tell our listeners where they can find it. Yeah, you can go to send relief, send, S-E-N-D, relief.org. You can go to uh, the podcast app on your phone and just subscribe to us. Leave me a note of what you'd like to talk about, what you'd like to hear more about. It's a different way of parenting. I've just been in a two-week training learning more parenting schools, parenting tools for helping children from hard places. You know, it's a... For instance, we were raised to do, you know, we were taught do time out, you know, put a child in time out so they can think about what they're doing. Well, when you you bring in a child who has been uh, doesn't have a voice and you put them in time out, Mm -hmm. they're still not going to find their voice. You know, the Lord asks us to sit with them, to be present with them, to show them how to do things. And so he can begin to heal their mind and their little broken souls so they can know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal here. The Lord does use us all in very, very different ways. But what he does for all of us, he never takes us on a journey that makes him smaller or irrelevant. And I think foster care and adoption, parenting in general, is such a journey. And he takes us on that journey so that we see our need for him in every season. And that so as us as parents, even as we grow older, that that's an incredible gift from the Lord, that he's just using all of this to draw us in closer to him, no matter how he builds our families. But it is a journey, and it's a journey to make him a larger, more magnified in our lives so that we can be just a voice to a, a lost world of here's what God can do with a yes. I love it. Well, Annette, I tell you what, this has been so rich and so encouraging and convicting. And I just am so grateful that you took the time to be with us today and to encourage our mom village. And ladies who are listening, please go search the Adopting and Fostering Home podcast through the North American Mission Board. We'll have the link in the show notes for you. But moms, we hope you've been encouraged as you've listened to Lynette's story and her encouragement. And we just want you to know that we are here for you. So if you have any comments or questions about this topic, we can help you and get resources for you and get you in the right direction. So for now, we're going to sign off. And ladies, let's see if we can do this the right way this time on the count of three. One, two, three.